Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He's watching himself. Looking back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankle. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Bet Online. I am your host, Blake Bubble, and with me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, we're back for another episode here, and we are going to wrap up our Burning Question series in the only way that we know how, and that is with a look at our favorite conference, the conference of the Established the Past podcast. Uh, you can buy your T-shirts uh, wherever they are sold. Uh, the AFC South, uh, that is uh, our brand here, and so we decided to make this uh, the last division we would look at uh, in our, our Burning Questions series. And uh, Dylan, uh, we, we had some fun with this one coming up with the questions because, uh, again, we know this is an important one for our listeners. Uh, we know that uh, this is one, this is our pride and joy here. This is like our child uh, in the AFC South. And uh, it really, we, we also, though, we were laughing because we, we kind of – we struggled a little bit with some of these questions because, and I don't think that's anything unusual because this this division every single year it it turns out usually to be one of the wildest divisions in the NFL, and I think as we look at it here, you know, could very well be the same again when you look at where these teams are and maybe not knowing exactly if any of these teams are going to be able to make that next step. Uh, towards, I guess, that leap into being a true Super Bowl contender. And, yes, we'll get to the Titans here in a bit. Yeah, as you mentioned, even though the Texans have won four of the last five AFC South titles, one of the few divisions where I actually keep track of the, the division champions, because it really is the pinnacle of the season for most of these teams. Often they're going 9-7, and 10-6. and six. But there is a lot of parity despite that. And while the, the Titans haven't won the division, I think, since, yeah, 2008, which is pretty crazy, uh, they've obviously, at this point, last year, almost making it to the Super Bowl, our team that we're pretty excited about. But again, we've, uh, like you kind of mentioned, there's there's things and holes in these rosters where you could see things kind of spiral and not work out. So yeah, like you said, it is our favorite division. It's it's like that, like you said, it's our pride and joy. But you know, it, it means well. It really tries very hard to do its best, and it's always eternally kind of just churning in place. But you know, maybe this year will be the year that one of the AFC South teams, probably only one of two teams. To really have that much of a chance to go further than just the playoffs. <laughs> yep, and uh, we will start uh, with the Houston Texans. Uh, I guess when we look at them, you know, I, it looks they're going to look different. Like because the reason they're going to look different is because they're arguably best player, second best player, however you want to look at it, uh, maybe third best player. Mm-hmm. Throw JJ Watt in there. Um, you know, he's not there anymore. He's he's been traded, which uh, is just uh, you still think about it, and and I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, we could talk all day about that trade and, and what it yeah. meant and, and all that. But, 
at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. And I think that comes back to our question here, which is, how will Houston's offense respond to the loss of DeAndre Hopkins? Now, in the past several days, I've seen, you know, some people talk about how, I mean, this offense could actually be better without DeAndre Hopkins. I am not one of those people that believes that. Um, I, until I see it out there and see, you know, their wide receivers that they have on this group right now, which uh, you and I talked about before we started recording, they've got good wide receivers. But do they have any great wide receivers? And I think that's the thing is, are the combination of these solid wide receivers that they have going to be able to make up for, you know, is the combination of two or even three of those guys going to be able to make up for losing a superstar wide receiver? And I think that's the biggest question. But really, Dylan, it's not just about the wide receivers. Uh, it's also about the running uh-huh. game because uh, there are some big questions with the running game too. Yeah, I mean, you bring in David Johnson, obviously, in that trade, which, uh, like you said, we, we don't need to go into our analysis. I think we've already talked about uh, it being a bit of a head-scratcher for us. But now here we are. You're the Texans. This is your team. I, Yeah, I mean, you still have Deshaun Watson. So at the end of the day, I'm still going to have that hope that he's going to be able to you know, do some magical stuff out there and kind of make it work. But, I mean, often that included, you know, some of those – often when you'd see that with him in the past, it would include, like, these stretches or just be, like, four or five uh, catches on, you know, a couple drives for Hopkins. And their chemistry was obviously off the charts. And uh, now <laughs> moving forward, it's going to be interesting for the – I don't really know what to expect. As you said, there are, there's a lot of solid guys. So, yeah, they get Brandon Cooks, obviously, in that deal with the Rams. But – and, you know, he's he's not a true number one. I mean, as much as I, as you know, someone who supports the Rams, enjoyed having him on the team, he's not, like, and there's, there's a reason that he's been on, what, this is his fourth team now in the last, like, five seasons. He's a solid player, but he's not a, a player that can't be replaced. So, I mean, he fills in, but he doesn't, obviously, he can't do all the things that DeAndre Hopkins does for you. And it's not fair to expect that. So, yeah, it's going to be more of a, you know, going by committee here. I, I still think they have enough talent at receiver collectively to make it work kind of but I, I would not say it's going to be better and then as you mentioned in the running game I mean their offensive line did you know overperform pretty pretty low expectations last year can they keep that up can they still not be you know the bottom quarter of offensive lines I think that will be a really important in terms of what they're able to do as an offense but um, as we'll kind of transition to the next part of it as we talked about beforehand, I, even if the offense is pretty good, I don't know if the team's going anywhere because of the other side of the ball. Yep, the defense is uh, not what it was uh, at one time, and I think that's uh, <laughs> one of the other things. You know, if we could add another question for the Texans, it would have been about the defense because, as we said, it's it's something where you look at their defense and it's just, you know, they're, they're not going to have as much room for error, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're saying. If the offense doesn't, you know, hit that, that groove early on, uh, when you look at their schedule too, and let's tie this in here, we were this schedule. I mean, it's one that's that's so interesting because uh, if you look at their first eight games and compare them to their last eight games, it's just like a completely different uh, feel. Now they start mm-hmm. the season at Kansas City, then they get to come back home and play the Ravens, then they go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, then they come back home to play the Vikings. They've got the Jags in there, so maybe that's the game you'll look at as a win. But then they go to the Titans, and then they host the Packers before their bye on November the first. So, like we're not we're not joking here when we say that the Texans being one and seven would not be out of the realm of possibility because every other team that they play aside from the Jaguars most likely um, is are teams that we're looking at as playoff teams probably. So 
I think that's going to be very interesting when you look at, at that part of their schedule and how do they navigate that before the bye. Now, as we said, after the bye, things get a lot more easy. You get games against teams like the Bengals, the Lions, the Jags. Um, you know, you've got home games against teams like the Titans uh, and the Colts, so you get those teams at home. But nonetheless, like how they navigate those mm-hmm. first eight games, uh, that is going to tell us a lot. And uh, maybe Bill O'Brien's fired by November 1st. I don't know, because uh, as we're saying, they, <laughs> they could very well be 1-7 uh, after those first eight games. No, it's a really tough slate. It reminds me a bit of last year when we looked at the Browns' schedule early in the year. And like, well, it's, it's really tough at the beginning, but if they make it through, they should be okay. And yeah. uh, obviously they did not make it through. And so, for I mean, we know a bit more we're getting with Deshaun Watson, but this offense overall, it's such a question mark. And then you combine it with the secondary that's just been brutal. And, you know, they, they add a fourth-round pick in John Reed. But otherwise, I mean, it's this, it's not the most uh, intimidating unit by any means. And there's a lot of really good passing games, a lot of great quarterbacks in the early part of the schedule, even that, you know, the Steelers haven't been the best offense uh, last year. We'll see what happens with Big Ben coming back. And it's, yeah, it's it's rough. And it, even if they do get through it, it, it kind of depends on how good the other teams are. And that's this division always feels like ends up kind of coming down to the last few weeks with teams in that kind of 8, 9, 10 win range. So maybe the Texans will be able to make up ground at that point. Um, if they can just tread water, but it's it's going to be tough, and yeah, it's a lot to ask. I, I obviously, you know, anyone's going to for a team that goes from uh, not having the toughest schedule last year and being able to win the division to tie for the eighth toughest. Uh, you, you know, you're eventually going to have to play those hard games, but you'd rather have them in this case for a team that's transitioning so much in offense. You'd rather them be flipped with the you know some of the easier opponents early in the season in my mind, not just for to get up in the standings, but more so you know, to work on some things and, you know, get to your best self as a team in November and December. And uh, they're not going to have that time. And it doesn't help, obviously, with, you know, all these organized mini camps and different things that usually are happening around now um, that are not uh, because of coronavirus. And now, you know, they're going to probably not have as much time to really work together even uh, when they do get to training camp eventually. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a big ask. And uh, it might just be too big of a hole. And uh, obviously – we talked last time about all the, you know, the media questions and just the outside things that are going to be around the Saints. I think there is going to be a, at a certain point with the Texans based on some of these offseason moves. If they start out badly and Deshaun Watson's not, you know, not his usual joyful self in the locker room and everything's just, they're not winning games, there's going to be a lot of pressure, as you mentioned, on Bill O'Brien. And uh, we'll see. I mean, these are his moves that he uh, he's made, whether that's uh, – his fault that he is in charge of so many personnel decisions. I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> fair, but nonetheless, it is what it is. And if they don't win now, especially with Sean Watson getting, uh, I believe it's his fourth season now, it's, it's you know a contract extension coming up eventually. It, uh, it's definitely a year where uh, the expectations for, you know, internally for that franchise should be to, to make some sort of step, uh, not, just take a step back after all the personnel decisions they made. Yeah, don't have to blame the GM if uh, you don't have a GM. So uh, it's quite a <laughs> quite a bold approach uh, for the Texans, but uh, we will see uh, how they respond to not having Gondre Hopkins and if they can uh, be the team to beat you know, here in the AFC South. That takes to the team that probably won't be the team to beat uh, and maybe the team that gets beat a lot more than anyone else, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they and, and look, let's just go ahead and get to our question. There's no, there's no reason to beat around the bush here. Uh, if you want to know what we think about the Jaguars, all you need is our question, which is, what do the Jaguars have to do to not be the worst team in the AFC South? So 
plain and simple. Uh, we, we said it. We're like, look, there's no there's no better question than this because uh, when you look around at everyone else, when you look at the Jags, um, it's just it's different. And I think it's one where, you know, there are going to be some Jags fans who are going to look around saying, you know what, we may only win two or three games this year. Let's do it in spectacular fashion, and we will go out and draft Trevor Lawrence and uh, start to, you know, turn the corner next season, uh, assuming that, that Gardner Minshew, you know, doesn't turn himself into a superstar. Uh, but uh, that's probably going to be hard to do based on maybe what the, the makeup of the Jags offense right now is mm-hmm. overall. You know, you had DJ Chark that, that broke out last season. Um, Leonard Fournette, I, I don't know at this point. I mean, we've, we've talked all offseason long about him and maybe how the Jags view him and, and what is really, I guess, even the, the ceiling for them anymore mm-hmm. when it comes to, to him, you know, as, as the focal point of the running game. Uh, all those things. And the defense isn't what it was, you know, several no. years ago. We know <laughs> that. It's just – I, the more you look at this, it, it is like it shows you how quickly in the NFL you can be jumped by so many other teams. Because remember, it was not that long ago that we were talking about this team being a win away from a Super Bowl. And now, yep. you know, here we are still looking at them and saying, you know, they, they've got some good young players. But uh, are those good young players going to be able to enough to, to be able to overcome the, the Titans, the Colts and the Texans? Uh, that makes it really hard to do. Yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, do they have enough to not be the worst in this division? I don't know if that matters for the Jags at this point. Uh, 2020, you're going to be punting the season, in my opinion, overall. But there are things to look forward to, as you mentioned. There are a lot of young players. They had a great draft overall. Tons of guys that are going to be, you know, getting tons of work early on as rookies. So there, that there is a plus side there. But, yeah, in terms of just expectations, like otherwise, in terms of winning games, they don't have the toughest schedule. But – what it's just what are you going to do I mean like, <laughs> you can't you, when you're on the bottom quarter of both offense and defense and DVOA uh, you know the offensive line according to the PFF was the 26th in 2019 they don't really make any huge additions there uh, so that, I mean as much as we talk about Leonard Fournette when he was rolling that offensive line was at least you know pretty for you know able to do their job and uh, that running game obviously helped make Blake Bortles look quite good so that is not again. It's not the not only the defense, which is nowhere close to the defense of uh, 2017, but that offensive line is just not inspiring anything that's uh, that great. I mean, Gardner Minshew does a great job of. <laughs> there's a reason for all yeah. the Minshew magic. It's because he's obviously improvising constantly because he's constantly being pressured, and he does a good job of not getting crushed out there. And uh, we'll see how he does. I'm excited to still see if he can progress and. Uh, take some strides, even though last year he did kind of fizzled out uh, over the, the second half of the year. He still has flashes where you're like, all right, this this could work. Um, so, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, that, that question's been there. I mean, you go on Instagram to any of Jags uh, fan page, there's a bunch of jersey swap Trevor Lawrence pictures at this point. Uh, everyone's just kind of figuring they're going to tank. So we'll see what they're made of. I I don't, I, you know, for their actual uh, long-term as a franchise, maybe it does make sense to not win games and get Trevor Lawrence, but – um, I, I still think, you know, at the end, of the, the end of the day, they'll probably be the worst team in this division if they aren't. Something's going to go really wrong for another franchise. But I don't think that should be their ultimate concern. I think it should be just progressing with these young guys, some of their uh, – also their draft picks from the last couple of years um, and seeing how, you know, if they can have the basis of something to build towards the future. Because, yeah, the, whatever whatever we thought of the Jaguars in 2017 and – or in 2018, they had that early season win against the Patriots. Um, and it was like, wow, this is – Maybe they're going to be able to keep this going. they got a great young team. Uh, it's, it's done. That error is put in the past. <laughs> uh, 
uh, filed away and now uh, look forward to just at least setting the table for something uh, coming up and hopefully, you know, for their sake in the next two, three years where they can get back to being a division contender at least. Yeah, usually we talk about the schedules. I don't really know that there's a, a ton of need to, to talk about the schedule for the Jags. Um, you know, the, I guess the, the positive is that, that, you know, they do get some of these teams that, that are considered bad teams or teams that, you know, mm-hmm. were bad last year. You know, they'll play the Dolphins at home. They'll play – the Lions at home, they'll go to Cincinnati, um, and you know they put to play the Chargers and, and teams like that. But really, you look at the back half of their schedule; it's sort of the opposite of what uh, the Texans' schedule was. Because in the back half of the Jack schedule, uh, they're going to get teams, you know, like the Packers, the Steelers, the Browns, the Vikings, you know, the Colts and the Titans and the Ravens. And it's just kind of one of those where, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they they may be able to to get off to a you know win some games early, maybe be a little bit of a surprise, but. Uh, being able to sustain that throughout next season is going to be hard to do for this team that is clearly uh, still in rebuilding mode and trying to find ways uh, to be a winner once again. But uh, you don't have to uh, look too far to be a winner yourself because uh, that's what our friends at Bet Online allow you to do 24 uh, 7. And while there is no shortage of action, uh, while there is no hardly any action going on, I guess around the sports world, we're getting things back now. Uh, we're starting to see things come back, but uh, there's a lot of action going on over at our exclusive partner bet online uh, sports again slowly making their way back but bet online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC NASCAR boxing and soccer matches that are going to be taking place and if you need even more they have simulated NFL NBA and UFC simulations all day live on their website and they're doing it every single day uh, plus if you're looking for something else other than sports uh, bet online has hundreds of casino games poker tournaments and prop best check out. All you got to do is visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Uh, Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, let's go to uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who have got a new quarterback. And um, I think that when you look at the team overall, uh, there are high expectations, and bringing in Philip Rivers uh, certainly is going to, you know, bring those expectations. I think a little bit higher based on uh, where they're at last season, where they want to get to this season. Uh, but Dylan, the the question we have for the Colts, uh, we looked around at their offense and said, you know, this this could be a pretty impressive offensive group, but. The question is, can the defense be formidable enough to make Indianapolis a contender? Uh, you mentioned a lot last season, and we talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, about how disappointing their defense was. Um, you know, their offense really, all things considered, I think played much better than people expected after Andrew Luck suddenly retired. Uh, but now you get Phillip Rivers in there. Uh, you've got, you know, T.Y. Hilton leading the way, if healthy at wide receiver. Their running back group, very, very talented. I think they've got a lot of options there uh, when you look at what they're going to be able to do at running back. But the thing is, is that defense going to be good enough uh, to help them possibly, if they're in a battle with the Titans or the Texans here in this division, uh, is that going to be enough you know, to help the Colts win some of those crucial division games that we always know when it comes to this division, uh, you have to be able to win some of these games. And can that defense be enough uh, to stop a Deshaun Watson or a Derrick Henry uh, with the Titans? Yeah, I mean, the, the offense, I think the reason the question is really going to be focused on the defense is because of what we expect from the offense. Um, uh, you know, obviously going from you know, Jacoby Brissett did what he could, but I think Phillip Rivers, who really hasn't had an offensive line this good 
since his early Charger days. It's going to be a big upgrade to have him uh, added to that. They finished seventh in rushing DVOA, so just they already were running the ball so effectively with one of the best offensive lines in the NFL um, previously. Now to have that more of that threat uh, throwing downfield, I think it's just going to open things up even more. Even though we're not completely sold on their on their receiving corps uh, overall, I still think adding Michael Pittman will work out pretty well, maybe in kind of a Juju Smith. Uh, Schuster kind of rolled to T.Y. if he can stay healthy. And obviously they get Jonathan Taylor. So the running back group's great. Everything's great on offense. I, I don't, you know, I, I expect them to be maybe a top six, seven unit, really. Maybe that's being too hopeful. But I think that's why the question goes to the defense. Because, um, you know, just two years ago uh, when they, they made the playoffs and lost to the Chiefs in the second round, they were kind of discussed as going to be this next great team in the NFL. Um, one of the, you know, along with the, the Colts, it, the Ravens weren't really in that conversation yet. It was before they really, you know, blew up last year. It was described as, you know, after the Patriots eventually were, uh, you know, dismantled or at least Brady left or whatever was going to be the case. The Colts and the Chiefs were talked about as the top two teams and what they're set up to do. And obviously the Andrew Luck retirement threw that for a loop. But I think the other part of it is really, yeah, the defense took a pretty big drop from 10th in DVOA in 2018. Uh, to, to 17th last year, obviously Darius Leonard struggled with some injuries, and now I, you know, I, they can bounce back for sure. They, I think DeForest Buckner is a great addition with that trade, but I, I overall I thought they might address the uh, defense a bit more in the draft. While while I'm excited for Michael Pittman, excited for Jonathan Taylor, and I understand why they take Jacob Eason in the fourth round because as much as I'm excited for Philip Rivers this year, they they definitely need to think about the future at the quarterback position, but. Uh, I thought they could have used one of those picks or a couple of those picks even to still upgrade their defense because I still thought they had with their offensive line some of the guys currently there, especially running back. Um, I still thought they had enough talent to make it work where they were really the, I thought their biggest need was on defense and uh, maybe they could have waited another year to get that quarterback. I, I get it. And they've drafted so well and it's hard to not uh, trust Chris Ballard with everything he's done there. But, yeah, I think uh, the difference between this team, maybe I'm being really optimistic about the offense, but I think the difference between this team being up in that class with the the uh, you know the Ravens and Chiefs and at least being able to contend with those teams and uh, challenge those teams is the defense. So if, if they can get back to that, you know, around 10th in DVOA or 11th in DVOA, they should be okay. But uh, at this point, I, I'm going to see it when I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And, you know, the schedule isn't terrible. Um, so that, you know, that helps them and they – get the Vikings at home pretty early on in the season. They, you know, they face some, some of their easier teams really in those first uh, seven games. So there's a chance they're going to be, you know, they, they, just to run through real quick, they face the Jags in the week one, then they host the Vikings, host the Jets, go to the Bears, go to the Browns, host the Bengals, and then go to the Lions. There's a chance they'll be, you know, six and one or something like that when they go into that game against the Ravens and it becomes a primetime CBS game or whatever. So, I, yeah, maybe I'm just being too optimistic. I think the Colts, uh, at this point for me, have the most potential. It's just really, let's see what this defense can do and how big it, you know, what are the additions of Xavier Rhodes and DeForest Buckner mean for them? Are they, is that enough to really push this defense from middle of the road to being uh, at least formidable enough to make them a threat in the AFC? Yeah, if the defense is better, I think you have to believe that the Colts are certainly uh, going to be a pretty formidable challenger to the Titans uh, at the top of the division. Uh, based on, of course, what the Titans did last season. And we'll go ahead and segue into the Titans now because I think you, you kind of have to talk about both of them. I'd say we're probably both on the same page right now in that we think the Titans and the Colts are going to be the two best teams. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Texans 
because of not having DeAndre Hopkins, because of their defense, uh, we think they're going to slip a little bit behind those two. But uh, in looking at the Titans, you know, we talk about the Colts' defense and that needing to be, uh, you know, something that, that they are concerned about heading into the season. The Titans' defense is going to look a little bit different, too. Uh, they're going to lose some guys off of there. We know Jarrell Casey got traded to the Broncos. Logan Ryan uh, no longer there as well. There are still some concerns in the secondary, which has seemingly uh, been something we've talked about, you know, off and on a lot for the Titans over the years. Uh, but uh, that's still going to be something this season. And, of course, on offense, they do get Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry back which is nice based on what those two did uh, to help them reach the AFC title game last year. But still with the receivers, I think you've got a lot of guys who probably need to be more consistent, uh, guys that are a little bit more unproven still uh, that the Titans want to see more from. So I say all that, Dylan, to say this. Our question (laughs) for the Titans is very simple, and this is probably the most obvious question, and it's so great because – We're doing our AFC South brand here, and we're finishing up with the Titans with the most AFC South question, I think, ever, and probably the most Titans question ever. And that is, will the Tennessee Titans go 9-7 and for the fifth straight season? Yes, the Titans have gone 9-7 and four seasons in a row. I know we joked about this on the podcast in the preseason last year. I said, you just watch. The Titans are an average team. They're going to go 8-8 and or 9-7. and They did go 9-7, and but as we know, this one felt a little bit better for Titans fans because they were able to turn it into, uh, you know, an AFC title game appearance. And so you'll take going 9-7 to if you can get there and do that. But I guess when we look at this team right now, I, I don't know that we look at the Titans and just say, you know, this is a team that's going to win 12 games. I don't think we look at that mm-hmm. this team right now and think that uh, just because they're just nothing, I guess, overwhelmingly, I don't know, strong about this team. Like yeah. We don't look specifically and say, my goodness, they are just so elite at this one thing that they're going to be able to just run through everyone. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they've got mm-hmm. arguably one of the best running backs in the league. He's the you know, leading rusher last season. Um, they've got an offense with Ryan Tannehill, who, as we saw, made you know, a lot of improvement last season. They've still got some good pieces on defense. But I think it's just wondering, you know, is that going to turn into consistent success in the regular season and then – at least try to maybe make another playoff run, which is certainly mm-hmm. a lot easier said than done. Yeah, it feels like their manifest destiny is just to eternally go 9-7 and seven every year. But at least, hey, with that extra playoff spot, that's probably going to get you in most, time, most yep. of the time, and then they can get hot once they're there, which is perfect for them because they have a tendency, not just last year, but throughout the last few years as they've gone in this stretch, of beating really good teams. You think about the Chiefs game in the regular season, uh, obviously beating the Patriots and the Ravens in the playoffs, but then they also lost to the Panthers and lost to the, uh, some pretty to the Jaguars early in the year. So, yeah, they're, it's a, it's going to be a frustrating experience, um, obviously, um, for the Titans fans, knowing that, you know, they probably have the potential to be better and have been in the past, and, you know, we're obviously on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. Now you're, you're going to be excited about what happened. You know, once Ryan Tannehill took over last year, the offense really did take off. Finish, uh, six in DVOA, both great on uh, passing the ball and rushing the ball. So they have a really balanced attack, a really good offensive line, although uh, a little bit, you know, Roger Saffold's not getting any younger. Right guard was a little bit of a weakness there last year. So, if, you know, if the guard position on both sides isn't fantastic, you can see things not being quite as easy for Derrick Henry. Not that he can't just run people over, but he still needs, a, you know, he still does benefit from that offensive line. And, you know, we haven't seen as much as I was high on them getting Tannehill before last year and talked about that, uh, having him as a backup behind Mariota being an important part of what they did. And, of course, he ended up taking over and being fantastic. 
we have not seen him have, you know, back-to-back campaigns. He's really only had, you know, 2016 season before he got injured and then last year where he's been, uh, you know, looking like he could be a top-10 quarterback, um, at least on uh, the borderline in that uh, range. So, uh, seen, you know, everything had to happen right on offense last year for them to go on that run. Can everything go right again? Will it go, go right? It's not using the NFL to replicate success. And then, you, yeah, you talk about the defense where they do add Christian Fulton to that secondary, but overall it's just not – it's not a unit that it's you know that last year as you as you watch them especially in that Chiefs game which any any secondary is going to struggle with them but nonetheless uh, they really just were a leaky unit overall 21st in pass defense DVOA and it, it definitely can cost them and I think it's going to cost them again I think their schedule is favorable enough uh, where they can at least you know again probably they're probably going to go nine and seven like they're <laughs> it's going to just be the same story again they're going to they're going to win some big games against tough teams they're going to lose some games they should win. Uh, the offense will figure it out enough. The defense will be a little bit better, and they'll be right there. But, you know, if you're the Titans, you and I'm sure their internal expectations are to make that that jump um, from last year to being a better team. And I do think, you know, one one X factor, uh, in addition to obviously all the, the talent that they have, is Mike Vrabel. I think he's really created a great culture for them. So maybe it's less yeah. likely. I, I think the players get along so well. It seems like they've really come together more so than they have in – you know, previous season. So you have all of that, the camaraderie and those things. I mean, that can only go so far, but I do think it'll be enough to at least keep their offense um, from tipping the other direction. I think they'll be able to keep it going. So yeah, but I think the defense still has enough question marks to just see this team as a, you know, five, six, seven seed, maybe winning the division if they go 10 and six and the Colts don't play as well as I'm hoping they do. But yeah, it's, it's uh, I, 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 yeah, they have a ton of talent still. And I think they have the right coach. So there are good things, but I don't know if they're going to, you know, be significantly better than uh, last year. I, I think, if anything, you know, being that good uh, as they were over the second half of the season, they start two and four last year, finishing seven three after uh, Tannehill took over. So, you know, maybe it is uh, fair to uh, to hope that they'll have a little more success and go ten and, you know, maybe win eleven games, something like that. But I, at this point, I'm just not, I'm not sure about that defense and specifically that secondary. All right, we've got to do this because we're, we're talking about 9-7. and seven. We, We've got to just have fun real quick here and do this for fun. All right, we're going through their schedule. We're doing quick win-loss. We're going to see how many wins we're going to give the Titans. And, Dylan, you better play along here because we know mm. where we're trying to get them. We're trying to get them to 9. Uh, so mm. let's see if we can find 9. All right, at the Broncos. I'll say they win that one. Let's All go right. with a week one win. 1-0. 1-0, oh. <laughs> yep. Home against the Jaguars, 2-0, and oh, right? 2-0, uh, oh, yep. At the Vikings. Loss. Two and one. <laughs> Home against the Steelers. Loss. Ooh, two and two. Home against the Bills. Come on, we Loss. know. Whoa, wow. They got to win. They're going to beat the Steelers or the Bills. Come on. All right, we'll yeah, see. We can go with the win. We can go with the win there for the Bills. Let's go three and two. We'll see. We may we may switch this. We'll go back and look at it. All right, let's say three and two. Then they play at home against the Texans. Mm, see. See that's the that's the that's the game that's the Titans game where they they mm-hmm. should win and then uh, game winning field goal after Deshaun Watson pulls a crazy play out and, all right uh, yeah we'll go with the loss go all right loss. so that's what three and three is that right yeah yep. at three, the Bing- at the Bengals right. that's about. uh let's say well, they won't blow that one even though that that feels like a Titans loss like in terms of like their history but I think they'll win that game four and three home against the Bears oh boy that's a win let's, come on let's Bears go with the win. win. Yeah, five and three home against the Colts. Uh, let's go with another win. Yeah, uh, we're getting Six, high well, hang on a second. Six and three. Yep. Now here we go at the Ravens. Loss. Payback. Six and four at the Colts. 
Oh, that's yep, that's the game they lose. They, they do struggle with the Colts too. <laughs> Six and five, home against the Browns. Ooh, let's go with let's go with a loss there. <laughs> well, we needed I think that to be a win. Um, oh no, I'm gonna pick them to win in week 17. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So now let's see. So that puts them at what is it? Six now? and six. Six and six at the Jacks. <laughs> win. <laughs> all right, seven and six home against the Lions. Eight and six at the Packers. Eight and seven <laughs> at the Texans. There you go. They find a way to reach their their potential. The Texans are resting guys after finding a way to make the playoffs again somehow. For a and second, the Titans, just like last year. <laughs> yep, I was gonna say for a second straight year, the Titans complete their nine and seven campaign with a win at the Texans. So there you go. Uh, look, I don't think we said anything that was that outlandish, to be honest. So. Um, if if you had to go through and pick it right now, I, I think ten and six is certainly a very nice possibility with those uh, three home games we looked at. With I think it was mm-hmm. the Steelers, the Bills, and the Texans in a row. So there are opportunities yeah. there, but you know, hey, yeah, the schedule's not bad. No, it's it's not a terrible schedule. So maybe the Titans get that double digit mark. But uh, our prediction here on the Established Pass podcast is nine and seven season for the Titans. So uh, we answered our own question with that one, but uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this uh, look at the AFC South and all these divisions in the NFL throughout our Burning Question series. If you're just catching up, uh, go back, listen to any ones you missed with your favorite team. Uh, we've hit all the teams now. I had a question for every single one of them, and uh, we will start looking at some other exciting stuff here as we start to move ahead and look towards uh, the regular season, which as of this point uh, seems to be, you know, ready to go in terms of starting mm-hmm. on time, uh, all that stuff. So we will talk more about that here in the coming episodes. But, Dylan, uh, for now, we have a lot of great stuff going on over Clutch Points to get people ready for the season uh, because, again, it does seem like uh, it is on the way here. Yep. Uh, yeah, three months out. It's crazy that we're already three months removed, over three months removed from the Super Bowl. So we're halfway there if everything goes according to plan. Um, but yeah, or actually four months out from the Super Bowl, so we're even ahead of schedule. But yeah, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section right there at the top. Press on that, and all of our NFL content can be found there, as well as in the Clutch Points app in the NFL section. Um, you can follow your favorite teams, get a, a curated uh, you know feed of not just news, but also a lot of social media reactions or you know, interactions, analysis from media, from the reporters, players, uh, coaches, all kinds of stuff. So. All of that's within the app, and then, yeah, definitely follow along on the website. We'll be following along with all the news, but also finding other angles to take and different things we can do here uh, moving up to the season. Yep, check it out. We're going to have some fun stuff on the way, not only at Clutch Points, but also here on the podcast. So uh, be sure to check all that out there on the site, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Just search for it on there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the five folks at uh, Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. 